Coming from the Caveman Studios in Buffalo, New York. Welcome to Caveman Corner with your host, Jeff. Captain Caveman! Thanks. Click subscribe and the bell. Do it now! I'm here with the one, the only, the million dollar mix, Patchy Mix. How you doing, sir? Doing well, bro. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, give back to Buffalo, man. Like, you're big time now. You're Bellator world champion. You won a million dollars. And you're still, like, talking with guys from 716 who are really, like, nobody's in the big big scheme of things. So I, uh, I really appreciate your time. Anytime, man. Uh, I still do the same interviews, you know, as I always did. Um, I guess a couple fights really doesn't change it, you know. Um, just media and stuff, interviews. I like doing these ones, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, these are super fun for me. I love to have like a, a superstar in a building that I know. Uh, sometimes it's like it's a little intimidating interviewing people, but it's nice to be like relaxed yeah. with someone that you know kicks your butt all the time. Like because if I say something bad, you just choke me out later. So uh, it's all pretty good, man. Uh, I have to ask you a question: What's going on with Bellator and the PFL? People ask me over and over again. I know we've talked personally, but I don't want to say anything out of turn. So, like, when people ask, I was like, I don't know. I don't talk to Pat. So, uh, uh, can you let me know what's going on with uh, Bellator and the PFL, the merger and everything else? So, like, I was kind of in the dark with it uh, last year. Um, I didn't know what was going on with Bellator. Uh, you know, even before my fight, I thought Bellator 300. Yeah, I love it. Bellator 300 was, um, like... I thought that might be the last show that Bellator had, you know, because the news and the, the rumors had been it was going to be sold. So I was waiting and waiting, and then I got booked versus Pettis, you know, to kind of unify the titles, which I was happy about, and that was Bellator 301. And that's been the last show that Bellator had for the year this year. So going into the 2024 year, now obviously the news is broke that PFL have now bought Bellator so now, from my understanding, it's going to be that um, Bellator is going to run as such for the next two years. I mean, obviously, they have to run out everyone's contract because now PFL bought out Bellator. They have to honor everyone's contract that's signed with the promotion. And when they bought the promotion, I believe they bought all of our contracts as well. So um, Bellator will operate as such, you know, for the next couple of years. So for the year of 2024, I believe they're going to have eight shows. That's what I'm told from... Um, you know, the higher up guys that I talk to, obviously I'm a champion. So I'll be headlining or, you know, among the top of one of those shows. So I believe Bellator should have eight shows this year and they're going to be a one-off series from the PFL. So PFL is going to own the entire promotion, the league, and they hired a bunch of Bellator staff that we, you know, we used to be, you know, work underneath. So I'm going to just work underneath a similar staff, but the, the highest up people that own it is going to be now the people, PFL owners, not Viacom, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Is, uh, where are they going to broadcast uh, the shows now? The Showtime deal is over, right? Yeah, the Showtime deal is 100% dead in the water for not just um, Bellator, but boxing as well. So, you know, it's not doing any, Showtime's not doing any combat sports moving forward in the new year. So I'm not sure where Bellator is going to run. I know they're trying to work on some, they have to, uh, you know, honestly work on some sort of platform deal, obviously. So I think that's probably the holdup. I know um, Bellator is working uh, with PFL on a card in um, February 24th or something in like Saudi Arabia, I, hear, I heard. Nothing that I'm going to be a part of, but that's right. what I heard. You know, it should uh, kick off the season for both leagues. And then um, 
I'm hoping to hear what's next, you know, to see, um, trying to be on one of these first, you know, few Bellator cards in the new year here. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see what, um, you know, what platform we'll be on, what, um, what stage I could take my talent to. Me too. I'm happy to see that because, uh, then I can get rid of Showtime. I only have Showtime just so I can watch you, dude. <laughs> yeah, me too. I only have Showtime so I could now watch my old fights, but. I'm canceling my subscription. You know, I'm not really watching those old fights anymore. I would, uh, I, I would steal it, except like it supports you. Like uh, when you're a champion, like all that stuff helps you out. So like I, I always, uh, I used to steal them back in the day when you first started there. But then once you're into the championship run and the million dollar tournament, I started buying them. Like, you know, try and support you the best I can. Yeah, I'm not sure how that all works with uh, Bellator pay per views or anything. Like they don't sell pay per views, and I don't know what their deals are. I'm not sure it directly helps me. I mean, I'm sure it helps the league and stuff stay afloat, though. You know, the more people that obviously buy their network and their uh, their show. Yeah, I think when you sign on right when they have a, hard when they have a paywall. You know what I mean? Behind yeah. things like it's like you have to pay for um, a reoccurring subscription to watch fights. You know, that doesn't get the audience. The audience, like, if you build a stack card, they might buy like a pay per view, or you could do like fight nights. You know, kind of how the UFC does it. Yeah, tired with that paywall when we used to be on Showtime, you know, where they're trying to, you know, subscribe to it. You know, everyone's trying to watch the fight and then you got to get someone to subscribe to it. It's like typing mm -hmm. all your information. No one's trying to do that shit, you know? It's hard. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Dana was saying that some of the, like, if you're not in the UFC, you're wasting your time. It doesn't matter what they pay. What did you, what do you think about that? Yeah, that was Joe Rogan. Um, he was just saying, um, that you know, you uh, if you're not in uh, you know the main uh, the main league, such as the UFC, that you're not basically playing, uh, you know, doing the sport. Or if you're not in the NFL, you're not playing football. But I mean, I could see it on the lower level, but not on my level. You know, I'm in the highest level. I'm one of the um, what's the word for it? Uh, I'm the, I'm one of the anomalies outside of the UFC that's been able to make the same, you know, millions of dollars outside the UFC um you know through not many fights but through winning many fights you know what i mean the way that i won them um you know not a lot of people can do what i do and uh get on the contract that i am but i have a lot of finishes and i have the record to match it so it's like and i have a stacked division so it's like you know i could um i mean i'm still doing mma you know what i mean whereas like i see what they're saying like if you're not even though if you're making 20 grand fighting and you're barely getting by, you know, fighting a couple times a year, people think that's still a lot of money. It's really not after taxes, you pay your coaches, you pay everyone out. It's just not a lot of money anymore. So it's like, even if you're on like entry level contracts, like Bellator, pay, you know, not Bellator, just like some of these leagues, should I say pay like 10 and 10, 15 and 15. That seems like good money at the time, but you waste five years chasing to get to the top. You never get there. You know, it's like, um, at least if you went to the UFC, you get um, the notoriety. You get to leave with that name. You know what I'm saying? UFC veteran. You know, there's a lot more opportunities for, like, sponsorships and shit, you know, shit like that. Like, not not to wear them to the cage, but I'm saying, like, outside of it. You know, the networks, the, the viewers you get are just ten times more than any other league. So that's what Joe Rogan meant by, like, if you're not in the U you know what I mean? If you're not in the... Yeah. UFC, it's like you're not in the NFL. But at the same time, if you can make a living, you know, and make it the way that I made it, it's like, you know, I would trade it all for, um, you know, just the eyeballs and stuff.
Would you? I was like, I think you got a pretty mate, man. Like, you're fighting. I mean, people don't maybe not see it, but you're fighting the best guys, some of the best guys in the world, you know, to like top 20 phantom weights ranked in the entire world. And you're beating them and submitting them. Like, if you go in UFC, you're going to do the same thing. And the way you did it, you you made a lot of money. And now if you go over to UFC, you're already a name. Um, I don't I don't think doing it your way is really that bad. And your your name's actually getting called on Rogan too. Like they talk about you every time they talk about guys in Bellator that beat in UFC. So I mean it worked yeah. for you. You know, I don't really try to the whole you know, I just try to work on what I do well. The whole I try not to compare myself to those guys because um I don't know. I don't know when I'll fight them or if I will ever fight them. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, uh, I just know who I compete with. I compete with, like, you know, the monsters that are very good over there um, in all weights, not just 35, 45, 55, even up to 70. So, like, you know, I know where I'm at in the world level. And um, promotionally based, like, whatever promotion-wise, it doesn't really, like, I don't really look at it, like, for me, like when I compare myself to like competing against these guys, you know, I think I did it in a smart way. Like you said, I um, I came over to a league that paid me decent money when I started. So when I was starting, you know, when I got signed at whatever, 10 and 0, I was able to um, have foundation underneath me. I was able to, um, you know, uh, reinvest in myself where I wasn't like worried about being broke. And you know what I mean? I um, Once I got signed from the first day till now, they've taken good care of me to the point where I've been able to stay active and make a lot of money for myself from even before I won the title. So I feel like they helped build me and then I reinvested in myself. And then you see the turnaround later in my career, like my first five fights in Bellator, you know, I had to take a learning lesson, get to the world title, win a lot of fights in impressive fashion, but not really settle into my own. Now in the next five, I've been able to really hone my style learn what I'm really good at, you know, really, really good at doing. And it's because Bellator was able to pay me correctly in order for me to build a foundation, travel the world, be able to um, go learn from all these coaches and go to all these good training rooms and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, so you've definitely shown everything you have, too. You've shown how much your striking's improved. Um, people don't know that you're, uh, I don't know if I should say this or not, that you're not even left-handed, but you fight softball, like, you uh you you turn your striking around like you not turn around because like, I know how good you are in the room but you you let it show in the cage and uh, it was great to see a knockout stats and show that you can submit some guys that don't get submitted like Michael Medoff. Um, you've shown that you're the best in the world and you can compete in every area and I can't think of a better platform than what you got to do it in. Yeah, right now and it's only getting bigger. Like um, I'm talking for my career up until this point, you know um especially with this merger and stuff, uh, you know, um, obviously I ended my year last year. I was ESPN's, you know, the fighter of the year outside of the UFC. Um, on Ariel Helwani's podcast, you know, I was nominated for a bunch of awards as well, like a bunch of these, um, you know, breakthrough fighter, uh, fighter of the year, knockout of the year, all these things. And um, 2023 was a good year, but I'm just warming up. Like, you know, um, I'm nine days some through the year right now. And, um, I'm going to get way better. It's like way, way, way better. And, uh, um, you know, for the, I, I was able to, like I said, I was able to invest in myself before, but now I'm able to invest in myself as a world, as a world champion with world championship money, with a world championship team around me, um, with coaches in every facet of the, you know, of the form. I feel like I've done MMA. 
obviously I've, you know, I think I'm like 10 years undefeated. You know, I was like 10 years, one loss, like seven years undefeated or something. But like in the last year or two, I've gotten better than I did in the previous eight years, you know? So like I've gotten a hundred percent better. And now for my last fight going into this next fight, I believe I'm going to get, you know, well, not this next fight, but going into this next year, should I say, I feel like I'm going to add a lot of things to my game and, um, you know, uh, you know, show my whole uh, arsenal of skills. Like, I'm just 30 years old right now, so I'm not even in my prime yet, I don't think. I saw a picture that you, uh, you're you rolling Mikey Musumeshi. How did that go? Is it fun yeah. or what? Yeah, it's fun, man. You should be a fly on the wall to watch those uh, those scraps that we had. Uh, we had him at the UFC PI. He's good. Um, he's real good at jiu-jitsu, um, really knowledgeable, you know, just an all-around good kid, so. Um, I like training with him. I'm going to train with him regularly for the next couple, I think, couple months. So he'll be here. Um, we'll be probably just getting it in in uh, Las Vegas at Ali's classes. And um, not just him. I have a room full of, you know, just great, great grapplers, um, a great stable of, like, lightweight um, training partners that I do train with. Um, Kobe Fair, you know, he's a two-time All-American. Um, like you said, Mikey. Javid Basharat's 15 and 0. He's in the UFC. Farid Basharat fights this weekend. He's about to be 12 and 0. He's in the UFC at my weight. Jeremy Kennedy's the number one uh, contender at 45 in Bellator. The weight above me right now. Dan Ige, um, Lance Palmer. He's a two-time PFL champion. Um, man, I train with so many people. Then th those are just MMA guys. And I train in jiu-jitsu rooms with Andy Varala. Um, you know, Cody Steele when he's in town, just so many different people and uh, just of a world championship caliber, not just in MMA, just um, in all aspects. Like I train with very good jujitsu guys. Then I train with, you know, world championship MMA guys. Then I train with also good stand-up guys, you know, I try to break all the facets down here in Las Vegas. And I get the, um, you know, I get the, kind of the best training that I've ever had. So I take advantage of it every day. You know, every day everything's moving fast here and you just have to get to a room. And as long as you're in that room, um, you could take, you know, you can make the most out of it. And then being a world champion, you know, being at the level I'm at 19 and one, it's real easy to go get work, you know? Now it's yeah. easier now. Everyone's coming for you. Like, I'm, I'm shit, I got a black guy right now. I'm beat up more yeah. than, I'm beat up more than I've ever been now because everyone's trying to take my head off every day. But, um, you know, I welcome all comers, you know what I mean? Because, like, I like to train and I like to get, you know, I like to get it too, so. You know. I was just going to ask you if you have to worry about protecting yourself now that you're, like, world champion. You get, like, eight pounders coming after you, like, big guys trying to hurt you, or it's a pretty normal, pretty pretty relaxed. Not relaxed, but still uh, still safe in a room for you. It's safe, you know. It's combat, you know. What do they change? But we're trying to hurt each other anyways, so it's like, yeah. oh, I don't mind it. You know, I welcome everyone. I go with all ways. So, you know, I, I go up to like 55 a lot. Like I try to train with everyone. I walk around heavy outside of training, like when I'm not in camp anyways. So I'm able to train with all weights, you know, and I dominate, you know, um, all weights, especially in grappling. So, uh, but I know how to keep myself safe. I'm not going to war with, um, well, I kind of am sometimes, but I'm not going to, <laughs> I don't intend to, you know. Yeah. But I think, um, I don't think that people are like maliciously trying to come, you know, trying to like take me out. I'm in a good, like standing at my gym. I'm in a good position, you know, have like all my training partners respect me. 
I feel like um, a lot of people try uh, to get the better of me now to test themselves, you know, because they want to be essentially world champion one day. So, shit, if they can go home at night and be like, yeah, I whooped the fucking Bellator champion's ass today, they're probably going to be happy about it, you know. They're probably uh, like, man, hopefully I don't get choked off by him in th the first three minutes. If I do that, I had a great day. Like, that guillotine is uh, something pretty fierce. <clears throat> So I got a good uh, lot of stuff, you know, a lot of good jokes. Yeah. Ben Field wants to know, what is the biggest thing you learned and what a lot of people are considering to be your breakout year? So what did you learn? What's the biggest thing that you learned uh, last year? Last year, um, stay consistent, you know, um, stay consistent. I feel like um, last year was my most consistent year, but last year's the year I really broke through the scene of MMA. I really got the biggest um, – uh, got the biggest, what's it called? I got the biggest like um, opportunities in my life. And I was able to take uh, advantage of those opportunities. Um, two spectacular finishes, two finishes I barely got hit. Um, you know, I barely took like five significant strikes in the whole year. So I was happy to, you know, kind of win the undisputed title, win the interim title and win the Grand Prix belt. You know, I walked with three belts. I got them here in my house now. So it's like, I'm just happy to have them, and uh, now I'm happy to reign the division. You know, what I'm going to do now is just going to be way better. Uh, I look to, like, you know, defend the belt. I want to be the best Bellator Bantamweight champion. I want to be the best Bellator champion. I want to be the best Bantamweight there's ever been to do it. And I'm 19-1 and one right now, one round removed from being 20-0. and 0. Um, And uh, it's a few little tweaks, adjustments, you know. My goals are to win that, you know, avenge that loss eventually and uh, reign the division. You know, now I'm the champion. So um, I guess, you know, I already fought everybody in the top five of this division. So I just want to keep um, keep my momentum going. And I want to uh, fight like three times. Like these guys all think I caught them or maybe I got lucky or something. So, you know, I know Stotts is circling the wagon back, <laughs> uh, you know. He's running the track back all the way around to come get me. And it took him maybe a year to get back here, but he beat Danny Sabatello the same way he did before. And uh, I'm here if, you know, if that fight gets made, I'll knock his ass out again. And <laughs> if, like, um, if Maga Medoff and me have to fight, you know, because he's in the top five, you know, I'm ready to scrap with him again because uh, – you know, maybe he thinks I caught him. He's never been finished before, so I think he thinks I caught him in the guillotine, which I had a few more before that even happened. You know what I mean? And I didn't catch yeah. him. You know, I didn't catch those. I caught the third guillotine. So, like, you know, I think I could do better than I did that, that fight. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't mind fighting him again. And then, obviously, Archuleta was supposed to win on New Year's, and it would have been tailor-made for us to have a rematch, but he went to Japan and got knocked out for – I don't know why he went out there and fought, but he went out there and fought. So he got knocked out. So I don't know if they're going to push him, but you know, if I could pick any one of those three guys, cause they're all ranked in the top three, you know, I would fight Archuleta because you know, he has a win over me. Do you have any input in that? Or do they kind of tell you now that you're a champion who you fight? Like, how does that work? I don't know how it works. I think that like, I think like, the input would be like, let's say they said that you had to fight someone and the champ was like, no, nah, I'm not fighting them. You know what I mean? I think yeah. like that, you get like these, like these contractual disputes. 
for me, like I'll fight whoever the fuck they want, you know, one, <laughs> 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, whoever they want, I'll fight them. Just keep my whatever, my pay is the same anyway. So whatever they want, I'll fight them. Even if they brought like Demetrius Johnson or someone over, you know, I don't think that they'd do that. But, or if they brought a 45er down or they wanted me to go up, you know, um, I'm open to anything. And just the biggest, obviously, the biggest fights possible. But, you know, I don't really have a say. I just say yes, you know. They call me, <laughs> like what I say. I say yes. I'm staying ready to fight all year long. Um, I'm staying in camp all year long. So, um, yeah, I stay just like I did the last two years straight. You know, 2023, I did that. 2022, I did that. So, I beat Horiguchi and MAGA in 2022. 2023, I beat Stats and Pettis, and now 2024, I'll be, I don't know, circle the wagon, beat them all again, I guess. Yeah, that would be, uh, be pretty amazing if you get that rematch with Archuleta. I would love to see it again. Um, yeah, we man. were right there, man. We were right there. It would have been the best fight. Uh, one of the best fights we fought on Bellator 246, I think. We got a fight of the year for CBS Sports that year. It was a banger, five rounds. He beat me three rounds to two. Um you know, kind of stalled me out. I think. You know, what I mean, he did it. He did. He did right. You know, he did. He did what he needed to. But um, I feel like in a rematch, you know, I don't know. I'm walking around here like I know something that everyone else doesn't or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in a rematch, though, I put his ass away. Like I think I, so too. Like times are different now. Yeah, I have to. You you just continue to get better. Uh, what do you attribute two, two times the size that it was then? So. What do you attribute your, uh, like, most people make it to your level and, you know, they kind of taper off. It seems like every fight you're still making, like, huge improvements. Like, your striking gets better, your grappling gets better, your setups get better, and your movement gets better. Like, it all, every fight you you add a new wrinkle to your game. And, like, most champions aren't able to do that. What what are you doing differently that you're still growing at 30? I don't know. Don't they say you don't get in your prime so you're, like, 30 or 31? Like, you know? That's how I'm doing. I'm just training more, you know, to be honest with you. Like, it's my training rooms. I trained for my first few years. Like, shout out to Eric Kerber and Mike Dubs, you know. Like, I trained underneath those guys, and I trained at that gym. And, you know, it's great training partners and stuff, and that was my level. And then I trained at Jackson's, you know, and then that was my level for a little while. And then I started training here in Vegas, and now this is my level. It's just like, you know, you got to be in Las Vegas, you know, you have to be here. Or you have to be in one of these main hubs. Like I get, you know, I get world championship work every single day. There's not, it's not just me either. In the last two years, like in the last few years, I'm six and oh, in the last few years, since I moved here, Javid Basharat's five and oh, Farid's four or five and oh, Kobe's like four and oh, like Manel Cape's on a big streak. Um, like all the people that we train around, we're all like Jeremy Kennedy's been four and oh in the last, like two years himself like all the people that are solely surrounded by us since we all started training together in vegas like about two years ago i mean everyone's been winning so it's like not just it's like in the training room you know the level you know so i think that that's how i kind of get better each fight because i don't stagnate in one place like you know if my training yeah. even if it's like the holidays and it sucks here i'm driving to like california to go get training there because like everyone here might be gone for the holidays or something, or I'm figuring it out or I'm flying to Denver, you know, to go to gay cheese or something or like 
you know, I'm doing things like the, um, out of the box, you know, because I, I have the means to now, you know, I'm able yeah. to stuff. I have the time to, and fighting is my career. So I take it seriously. So like each fight, you know, with more money, you're able to kind of like put more behind you. Like, you know, we're doing this before where we're like, I was taking a bus to get to the gym. Like now I don't have to take a bus. Like, shit, I could have a driver bring me to the gym. <laughs> they wanted to, but I don't. Like I drive myself to the gym, but I'm saying like the time it used to take to take a bus to the gym, walk down to the bus stop, take a bus there. Like the, the money that you had, like I was taking a bus because I only had $5. You know what I mean? I couldn't yeah. eat as good as I wanted to because I had $10, you know, at some times, like, you know. So now I'm able to like, invest in what I put my body a hundred percent invest in how I travel, you know, how I can get to these places and then invest in the coaching. Like when I get there nowadays, like I could just hire a bunch of training partners for myself or like a bunch of coaches, you know, if yeah. I want to boxing, I'll go find the best boxing coach. If I want to work kickboxing off of fine, you know what I mean? I'll go like, and I get these opportunities because I'm to a level now where I'm a world champion, but in order what it takes to get to be a world champion, you put so many hours in the gym. So I've helped so many people out, so many camps. I've been training partners for so many different people, sparring partners for so many different guys that are of UFC level in all different weights, you know? So, like, then they give back. Then their coaches give back, you know what I mean? Then, like, you know, just all these different pathways and avenues that you yeah. have, like – really hone hone like the best training to get the best version of yourself and then when you put all that behind yourself like you know like you know how yeah uh oh my lost pat there all right while well, wait for pat for a minute we'll uh we will just go through the questions real quick uh -oh. How much does the power couple with you and Williams go have to do with the new version of Pat Mix? I will ask him that if we get him back. Gabe Vega is a pimp. I'm not sure that. Hey, welcome back. Can you hear me, Pat? Uh-oh. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I got you. My boy Scott's calling me on the other line. <laughs> yeah, he just thinks it's time to call me at nighttime. I don't know why. 10 at night. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you can get the best training and you can get the best version of yourself. So like, you know, when you're coming up or like, you know, you're traveling all the way to, let's say Salamanca hour away. Um, you know, you're traveling to all these places to like, let's say the Jamestown kinetics, you know, and um, you know, you have to do what you have to do in order to get the best training from, you know, where we're from. So all I have to do is do that in Vegas, which is not that it's even a smaller radius, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's all here in the city. So it's pretty easy to kind of like take advantage of it. And if you're not taking advantage of it, then just like, I don't know, you're not doing it right, you know? You, yeah. get, you know, so that's why, like, I think that's why I get better each fight. Definitely works. I'm glad, like, you say that and you talk about how much you do for, like, guys that are world class, but you're still doing the same thing for your friends back home. I mean, you brought Pilot up to train with you. You brought Saul up to train with you. Like, Dude, like you're taking care of people, you know, and that's a, a pretty awesome thing for you to be doing. Oh, Pat's probably getting another call. The Apex is not open to the public. You have to um, 
you have to be in the UFC or be the guest of a UFC fighter to get into the UFC Apex. Uh, I want to ask him about that, too, because I heard some crazy, crazy stories about the Apex, about fights that go on there and uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, hopefully, Pat comes back in a second. Vegas is the fight capital of the world. I was trying to get a shout in to uh, Morgan Cavanaugh and, and some of the old uh, guys that fight here. So um, hopefully uh, we get Pat back. And while we are waiting, I will just uh, go through a couple of quick sponsorships. Uh, thank you to Integrity Martial Arts for posting this. Thank you to JCR Transport, who's also one of the sponsors of the show and uh, takes care of Caveman's Corner. Thank you to Monster Energy Drink, which is Pat's uh, sponsor. Hey, welcome back, Pat. Can you hear me? Uh, I don't hear you right now. All right, looking like some technical difficulties with Mr. Pat here. Uh, we should have him back in a minute or two. <clears throat> uh, Monster, back to his plugs. Monster, Pat makes his sponsor. Uh, you're muted, Pat. I can't hear you. Uh, I still can't hear you now. Oh, man. All right. So uh, we'll see what's going on with Pat. Um, I forgot where I was. Monster. Uh, was one of our sponsors. Also to uh, K4 Super Brawl. K4 Super Brawl is going on January 27th. It is at Buffalo Riverworks. Make sure you guys get out. Tickets are on sale now online. You can go to uh, Buffalo Riverworks and you can get them. They will have tickets at the door. You might want to be careful. This one might be sold out because uh, tickets are flying off the shelves for some of these great fights that we got coming on for this show. Uh, we got Pat back again. There we go. Okay, my manager keeps calling me on the other line, so. That's ah, all good. Yeah, we got fight news and stuff, you know, pushing all my pushing all my plans back, you know. Oh man. Yeah, I know. Cool. But what was I saying about training, huh? Yeah, we were. I was just talking about you were talking about how you were taking advantage of Vegas, and I was like, man, you uh, you brought some guys out too. You brought like. You, you take care of the guys in the UFC, but you take care of the guys back home, too. You brought Saul out with you, and that helped him out for his PFL fight. You uh, you got, like, just a bunch of guys. You got a pilot out there with you at times. like Yeah. Uh, Morgan was out here for a little while. Saul. Shit, Alex stopped out for a weekend one time. Nice. But, no, Alex just came out to visit, but those other guys trained with me. Pilot was training. Solomon trained. He got actually got signed to PFL when he came out here. He stayed with me. Uh he he been with me for a long time, you know. Me and Saul are brothers, so you know he's gonna do a big thing this year. You know he's fighting in the tournament himself, so you know we're hoping that he could, uh, you know, come through and win the whole thing. And um, you know, I think he's going down to fifty five, so he'll be a new addition to PFL's fifty five. Um, yeah, lightweight final won't be short. Yeah, I think that's a good division for him. So I think he can win it, and that you know. 100%, I think he could win the whole thing. 1, so 000%. that's life-changing. So, you know, I think um, 
having him come out, see it for himself. Like, you know, he made his own kind of like, you know, it's a training group that he trains with and stuff. So like, you know, he takes just like me, you know, we're like sponges. We take everything we can. So to absorb it so that we have it, you know, especially coming from where we come from, not big, you know, not a big MMA culture. Mm -hmm. What is it like being in a uh, UFC PI? It seems like there's a, a lot of shenanigans and fights about to happen all the time. Is it uh, not that well uh, secured or what's going on over there? Not secure, man. It's just that it's like, I don't know. It's like a school, you know. It's like <laughs> you imagine that you're in. There's a sauna room. There's a hot tub, sauna, steam room, and like a pool, like a pool treadmill. So it's all in one little area. And then like there's two locker rooms, men and women's locker room. So you're running into each other in the locker room. Like they can't have a security guard in the locker room all damn day. Like you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, sure. that would look weird. So there's that. And then there's a cafeteria and then there's like a big um like workout room with like a turf and stuff like that so everyone's running into each other can you imagine the shit that goes down they walk by each other and someone's like you little bitch or something yeah. and they start fighting it happens all the time i probably <laughs> walked in on a couple of fights to be honest with you one time i was getting ready for a fight and i had to go there to train and damon blackshear was fighting amir albazi outside <laughs> Punched him right in the face, right when I was walking into the PI. I didn't know what would happen. There was like 20 people surrounding each other. <laughs> I went in to train. It was just like another day. The one kid got banned from the PI, I think. Jake Shields beat up uh, Mike Jackson at the PI. Or that yeah, I one. saw that. That, was, uh, that went viral. <laughs> that one went viral. Um, there's been a couple. Hamzat and Paulo Costa almost fought one time. <laughs> that was crazy. Like, there's been a couple. I live right near the PI, so I'm there every day. You know what I mean? So I'm always there, I guess. Uh, Tatiana, she's always there getting her recovery and her strength and conditioning. And, you know, we're always eating there at the cafeteria. So, like, I mean, I see all the shit that goes down there. And then I train there. I train Monday and Friday. I train there. That's where Ali holds his classes. So um, I do, like, 20 rounds of grappling there a week. Man, that's a lot. Do you get to use everything that the UFC guys do, too? Like all the body tracking and the body fat checking and um, yeah, I don't, I don't use all that shit though. <laughs> <laughs> That's like no, I don't do that stuff. I just choke people there. <laughs> what are we doing, bro? I don't know what they're. Doing. I don't know. I don't get the doctors either. No, it's hard. But, uh, I'd like the doctors because I have my own doctor at Extreme though, Doctor Sean. He works on me. Mm -hmm. I'm like super loyal to him. He just flew out to my last fight in Chicago. He stayed in the room next door to me. You know. He, like, yeah. worked on the day of the fight, worked on me the day before the fight. He's my brother. So, like, I've been with him since I was at Jackson Wing. He actually used to run the – he was a doctor at Jackson's, and then he moved to Extreme Couture. So did I. So we kind of stuck together. You know, we're kind of similar age, too, so it's, like, real cool. So it's, like, he's my dude. But, like, when you go to the PI, they have, like, the best physicians and the best doctors that you could imagine. Like, Tatiana gets worked on. There's, like, four of them at a time. She gets worked on by Heather. Sometimes I get worked on by Heather too, but she's like the best, you know. She's number one over FBI. She got voted like, you know, best. Uh, I don't know what the award was, but something for being the best doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but she, that's you got all that stuff. You got all that stuff over there, and that's kind of what you want, you know. Like you want to be like, you know, you want to if you want to like your recovery, take it serious. UFC has the top of the line facility over there. 
And then same with the strength and conditioning. Like, let's say if I was going up to 45 and I had to pack on muscle, you know, I'd know how to do it because like, you know, I'm around guys that, you know, are in the process of doing it. And then I see also like, you know, how much strength and conditioning that they do. Yeah. What is a typical uh, work, like a workout week like for you now that this is what you do full time and you don't have to do a regular job and you don't have to like, you really can just concentrate on fighting now. Like I'm big on like a lot of the craft work of it, man. So like, um, I don't know, like I like uh, Sunday I go, I grapple at 10 planet. I'll grapple anywhere from like 10 to 12 rounds, like every Sunday. That's my big day. Like it's grappling live, super intense, fast pace. You start in the feet wrestling. Um, I don't really pull guard ever, you know, I'm trying to, like not trying to sound dumb or nothing. Like I don't mind doing that either. I'm saying like you don't start in positionals is what I'm trying to say. You start from yeah. the feet makes yep. it a different like style of training. So it's very intense, you know, intensifies from that. So I do like 10 to 12 rounds there on Sunday. And then I, I take the rest of Sunday off. Then Monday, I normally in the morning, I'll do pad work or I'll do like Eddie Brocco's class. It's like um, MMA class, uh, striking combos, a lot of drilling a lot of technique, a lot of just like technical stuff with striking. I'll get done with that class, go eat at the PI, shower, eat, go home, probably take my dog Ross, go out, hang out for a little while. Then I'll go back to the gym at like four o'clock and I'll do Ali's grappling class. When I, when I do Ali's grappling class, we do like eight rounds grappling live. And then we do like a half hour like technique. So like by Monday, I should already have 20 rounds of grappling in, in my brain. And then also I have striking pads already in on Monday, you know? Yeah. Then Tuesday, I'll normally take the morning off and try to recover. Or I'll go on a light run if I'm in camp because I got to keep my weight down if I'm in camp. Tuesday, though, is sparring. So I try to take the morning off and just run a little bit because sparring is hard. So I do like six rounds sparring. And then after sparring, we do three rounds grappling. Like, spar hard, take your stuff off, three rounds grappling with MMA gloves on. So it's very intense. After I get done with that, I'll do, like, anywhere from three to five rounds on pads with Nate. Because I do pads Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. You know, that's my, like, goal. So I'll do my pads. I mean, I'll do my pads after sparring, not Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays, pardon. I do my pads after sparring. Wednesday, I take it off if I'm not in camp. If I'm in camp, I'll wrestle on Wednesdays. You know, I wrestle only wrestle. That's it. I'll take the rest of Wednesday off. Thursday, I'm back at it. I'll take the morning off if I'm not in, if I'm in camp. I'll take the morning off or I'll run, or then I'll spar at nighttime. And then when we spar, we do the same replica of like six rounds, three rounds grappling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then. Fridays are similar to Monday. I do pads and then I do grappling again. So like I grapple like probably like 40 rounds a week and then I spar at least 12 rounds. Man, that's yeah. a lot. That's a heavy yeah. load. Yeah, that's five days a week or so that's six days a week. But then if I don't, if I don't, that's six days a week. But sometimes I'll only do five if I don't wrestle. I'll take the whole Wednesday off. So I take Wednesday and Saturday off. How I like to train is I like to train 
three days on, one day off. And then two days on, one day off. So I'll go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, hard as fuck. Take Wednesday off. Recover. Thursday, Friday, go hard. Take Saturday off. Recover. You know? That's how I yeah, train. Start the cycle again. Yeah, and I train like that every week. And I don't really tweak too many things. Like, the only thing I tweak is if I go too hard because I'm not in camp. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does wrestling get you? Like, wrestling's tough. Like, on the body, especially. I take wrestling off because, like, yeah. wrestling in our gym also, a lot of small people tend not to go. So, it's like I'm wrestling with, like, 170 pounders and shit and i get like i just get sore and hurt by wednesday like my body will start breaking down if i don't like you know sorry my phone is starting to no it's all good but yeah i said um wednesday like my body will break down if i don't take the rest that i need you know like overtraining is a super big thing in the sport too and if you do it like wrong it only takes one time to like really get hurt. So you don't do any heart rate monitor, nothing. Just if you feel wore down, you you would take a day off, or do you always push no matter what during your regular training times? Wait, what's that you said? So like you don't use a heart rate monitor or anything to tell you when you're like wore down. Like you just if you feel wore down, would you take a day off during a week or? Yeah, if I feel worn down, I'll take a day off. Or I'll take the morning off. Or like my coaches kind of tell me to take the days off because I don't really like to, you know. I'm always in the gym. Even when I do take a day off, I'm there watching Tatiana. So, like, I don't know. It's hard for me to take a day off. I got to really be hurt to take a day off, you know? I don't like to. I, I, I know you. That's why, like, I'm, yeah, I, I have yeah. a hard time imagining you, like, ever, like, ah, you know, maybe I'll take this day off. I can't ever imagine you taking it, especially if you got a fight. I took like, today off. <laughs> I took today off. I did. I took today off. I waited all the way till 6, at, six o'clock at night for this podcast. I took the whole day off. I just did stuff around my house. This is a, one of the first days in a long time. But, yeah, I don't like to take days off. Um, just for myself, like, I like to train. So it's like, um, yeah, I don't take days off when I'm, like, I don't have a heart monitor, should I say, like, or whatever, like a heart rate monitor or, like, I know what you're saying. A lot of people use those things. I don't, though. I just kind of, like, I go with my body or, like, if I'm real sore that day, I'll just go with lesser rounds. Like, I'll still get my technique in, but I'll just go with someone that I know that I could kind of dominate a little better. Yeah. I'm a grappling expert, you know, specialist too. So it's like, you know, it's not too, I'm making the right decisions in grappling. So it's not hard for me to control you. Not you per se, but like, you know, whoever my opposition is like, or who I'm competing against. It's not hard for me to control you if like, if you're not to the same level as me, you know, I just know how to do certain things that like make it a lot easier for me to grapple. So if I go with, I, I choose my rounds wisely. Like, and that's at the highest level. That's what, how high level of grappling I am. I can go with guys that are in the UFC right now and pick rounds because those are my rounds off. Like, I can just go with that guy because I don't want to work too hard, you know, or I'm sore, per se. Like, I'm not going with the guys that are, like, world champions like me. Like, me and Aljamain Sterling, we'll go heads up, or me and Marab, you know. We'll go heads up. But if I need a round off, I'm going to go pick someone that's, like, you know, a good pro that's not, like, world champion level. Yeah, you. Uh, I fought pro and I'm a black belt, and I feel like I've never grappled before every time I roll you. So uh, I definitely understand that. Uh, yeah, it's just you know, I'm just talking about the levels of training. Though some people think that they need a hard round every single round, and then like they end up getting hurt doing the shit. You know, yeah. that's why they listen to your body and shit, like you said.
I like that. You're so smart now. Like, this is so different than, uh, like, when we used to hang out on a mat, like, you'd, like, talk for, like, five minutes. All right, I got to go get some more rounds in. Like, you would never relax, dude. And um, it's, it's good to see that you're taking better care of yourself, too. Like, it makes me happy. Yeah, it's smarter decisions, I guess, in training for sure. Um, you know, and outside of training for sure, too, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, um, getting to the level is, like, uh, it's hard to get to the level, you know. I'm trying to exceed that level. You know, I don't want to be just a world champion. That being a world champion, you know, it's relatively easy to be honest with you. Like, it's not, it's not, like, not to say it's easy. It's like, it's hard to do, you know, but it's an achievable thing to do. Like, other people have done it. Like, I don't want to just do that. Like, you know, there's 20 other people that have done that. I want to be like, you know, I want to stand out. Um, I want to be rare amongst rare, you know, rare men, other rare people, you know. I want to stand out amongst all of them. So, like, in order to do so, you kind of got to, like, you know, raise the bar for yourself and keep, like, trying to chase something better, you know. I think, like, from 20 to 25 was, one, you know, my good years where I was, like, on a tear. Then I went from 25 to 30. And, like, 25 to 30 was when I made it to the main stage, you know, the King of the Cage championship fights, the Bellator fights, you know, all the way to the world championship. Now, from 30 to 35... I just cement myself as the best one, you know? Yeah. Any, like 12 to 15 fights. That's like three fights a year, you know? I win them all. I'm like 30-something and one. I'm looking like Hen and Burrell back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my goal, though. You know, those are my goals. So, like, in the next five years, I want to do it better than I did in my last five, you know? And um, that's, um, you know talking about all challenges you know and um obviously i'm at the top right now and it's hard to stay here and even if you know time comes you fall you keep going you know i just want to chase this to the end and uh you know be kind of an inspiration to like the other people that are kind of doing it next and then the other people that kind of look up to me you know there's a lot of people that look up to me from like our area that um also kind of see how I come from nothing, you know, see how like, you know, fighting in the same roller rinks as these other guys were and all the way to the stage where you can win a million dollars and you can be, uh, you know, of a success story um, through resilience. So it's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be that, uh, you know, that, uh, that person. I got to tell you a story. Like all the K4 guys, when you're there, when we fight K4, they're all talking a lot. I'm like, I'm going to fight in front of Pat Nix. Like, dude, that's like their that's like the the biggest day. They don't even really care about winning. They just want to fight in front of you. And uh, like, dude, like from watching you come from fighting in the roller rink to hearing that about you, like, it's just so inspirational to hear that and like see the effect that you have and the drive that you're pushing people to go forward to be at the next level of this game is it's something amazing to to watch. Like, I I love this sport. I've been loving it since like 1995 when I fought the first time and I watch it like be dead here in New York. And then it came back and then. Yeah. Then you you just you brought us on the map, dude, and now people want to be like you. And uh, like I've always loved you to death. I always knew that you were gonna do big things. I I didn't know how big they were gonna be, but I knew you were gonna make it out of here and, and fight for titles somewhere. But dude, like you're a fucking world champion, and you're on my podcast. It doesn't really get too much. Yeah, bro, much bigger, you know. I'm I said, you know, this, uh, you know, just as just um the way I act now, I act the same way when I'm on Joe Rogan's podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which, you know, I don't think I'm that far away from, you know. No, um, I don't. They talk no, about you the, the, the goals that I'm um, the goals that I'm going to achieve are going to far, 
exceed far more than what I've already done with each fight, you know, makes me very much more dangerous to the world rankings. I'm already in the top five, especially with Aljamain moving up permanently to 145. It's only going to kind of move me, you know, closer to being the best in the world. And, um, you know, like, as like people know, I still have, you know, fights left on my contract with PFL now and Bellator, but to the same extent, um, I think the goals and the things I'm going to do are going to be, you know, I'm going to be a, a superstar in MMA in the next couple of years. Um, and I haven't broke the scene yet. Like the whole, I've broken the, the underground scene and like the cat, you know, the MMA, like, um, the hardcore fan scene, but I haven't broke the casual scene. The, um, the crossovers, like kind of how Israel Adesanya, McGregor, um, Chandler's gotten, uh, Poirier's gotten, you know, Usman, Gaethje, all those guys have got those opportunities. And um, I feel uh, with the right eyes, you know, if PFL could do it right, I could be on the pay-per-view card underneath, let's say, Francis or, you know, even Jake Paul or something like that. I think I could get some eyes on me this year. And, um, you know, 2024 to going into 2025, like these next couple of years are going to be huge for my career. And I think that's really going to take off. If you had the opportunity, would you want to go to the UFC? Um, you know, yeah, who wouldn't, you know, I guess. Sure. Um, but who wouldn't want, you know, I don't want to, I just want to test myself against everyone. That's it. I don't care where. I wouldn't, if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't mind those UFC guys coming over and fighting me too, all of them, you know, all of them in the top five. You know, you got Chito Vera, Henry Cejudo, Aljo, Marab, you know, they're all over there and I'm here, you know, we're all trying to be the best, so. Uh, Sean O'Malley's bitch ass too. Like, there's a bunch of them, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I don't know. There's a bunch, man. But I think, like, you know, I would love to kind of test myself against, you know, the be who, you know, the people deem the best. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the number one. People don't realize how, how even the levels are at 35 between UFC and, and Bellator and, like man, there's some of the best 35ers in the world in Bellator too. So it's not it's not the same thing as all the other weights. Um, yeah, they're right. There is, you know, there's just such a difference in levels, and it's just it really is. It's true, you know what I mean. I'm just so much levels better than them, and it's crazy because they're you know they don't see it, but there is a super big level disparity between the UFC and the Bellator bantamweight division, and it's because I'm the number one at Bantamweight and the Bellator, and I'm just so much better than all the guys in Bellator and all the guys in UFC. So it, like, makes for, like, this big confusion because Sean O'Malley's, like, 17-1 and one, and his best wins Aljamain, you know? He won, yeah. like, a decision over Peter Yan. Like, he's got less finishes than me, you know? I got more finishes than the dude. I fought more UFC vets than the dude, I think, you know? I fought Kyoji Horiguchi, who fought for a UFC title already. I fought Maga Medoff, who's beat Peter Yan himself. I fought Ricky Bendejas, who and finished him in a minute, who beat Marab, you know? I fought um, Sergio Pettis, who beat Patricio Pitbull. He just knocked out Chandler in like a minute before he got signed to the UFC. So it's like, you know, all these guys, I'm, I'm, um, I'm killing a lot of these real good guys out there. So it puts me to a status where I know, um, you know, my wins are validated, you know? Whereas Sean O'Malley only has kind of two wins. And then I think he has like a no contest because he poked that dude in the eye or something. <laughs> and then he got a title then, shot. <laughs> yeah. Then he also got TKO'd. And it's like, I never been TKO'd in my life. Like, I've never been dropped in my life, even in training. Like, 
So he was put on his back and got his elbow smashed, his, an elbow smashed through his forehead, and then couldn't continue. Like that's never happened to me. Like he was nine and two as an amateur. That's never happened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, you know. So I just don't see like, you know, I just don't see it happening. So it's like. Right now, I could run this record up. He's seventeen and one. I'm nineteen and one. So I think he's gonna, you know, gonna have to try to catch up to me, and I could just keep winning fights, and I'm um, just running this record up. You know, I believe I'm the best in the world, and you know, now that my manager called me tonight, I guess I got some good news and some exciting news coming soon. So you know, I love it. That's awesome. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you when we're off the air. You know. All right. So. Um... I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about Tatiana. She's got some fights coming up, and you guys are like the the power couple of MMA. One sec, oh, grab my chart. I'm on my phone today. Doing this podcast for a while. <laughs> One more time. We are going to be putting on a great show January 27th at Buffalo Riverworks. If you're in the 716 area, make sure you check out K4's uh, fights. It's going to be called Super Brawl. Uh, we have some great headlining fights. Uh, Derek Patterson is fighting, coming to get his revenge fight uh, after not having his rap signed. We got maybe one of the best fights in the area. Mason Lewis is going to be fighting. Hey, what's up, Pat? Pat yeah, Mason back. Lewis, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah, Mason Lewis is taking on Aaron Klein in probably one of the best Bantamweight uh, fights in K4 history. Uh, it's going to be a great show. And uh, we're back with Pat. <clears throat> yeah, so what other what other fights? What's, what's the date on that? January what? January 27th. 27th. Damn. Yeah. I think Tatiana has her. Oh, you said we were talking about Tatiana anyways. Yeah. She actually has her HBO. She has... um. Her premiere, there's a documentary coming out on uh, HBO on her. She shot it last year. So I think the premiere is going to be that weekend. Mm -hmm. I wanted to come to the town to watch that uh, K4 event. So I actually won't be able to make it to this one. Um, but I was planning on it. And then I just realized that she has her uh, her um, documentary date that day. And it's about women's wrestling. Uh, you know a little bit about her story as well. But yeah, obviously, you know. Tatiana, um, a big year last year. She was 2-0, and um, you know, one of the female comeback fighters of the year. Um, you know, she's just trying to build off that momentum this year and, uh, you know, kind of get back after it, you know, keep her win streak alive. She's 7-0 and in the UFC right now and just kind of get a shot at that UFC title. Once she gets a shot, you know, that's all she wrote. She'll, get, she'll win that belt without a doubt. She's amazing. She's just as good as you, and uh, her grappling is outstanding. And uh, she, I don't mean this in like a disrespectful way, but she is big for the weight class. She is like gigantic, just yeah, like she, you are. Like <laughs> she's strong for the weight, um, yeah. one fifty small weight, you know. So she's very strong for the weight. Uh, she cuts weight properly, you know, even better than me. You know, she she's the reason why I make weight easily. So um, she cuts weight properly, and uh, she's just good. Um, you know, she knows how to. Um, a train like Olympian, like, you know, she was on like an Olympic world team. She was a world champion, multiple time world champion in wrestling. So she knows how to make weight. She knows how to train. And um, without a doubt, I believe she'll be world champion. She's starting to look like you with those guillotines too. I, I like it. Do you guys, uh, 
I like really inspire each other to train hard. Like I know you're always there when, when uh, she's training. I, I see her there when you're training. It seems like it's a, like the perfect relationship for you guys. Yeah, yeah, she's here. Um, you know, she she knows what she's doing. Ta Tatiana, come here. She knows. Um, you know, it's perfect for each other. Uh, you know, like you said, she she helps me out tremendously. Um, in all aspects of like just MMA. And I think I help her out too. You know, like you said, she finished with the guillotine. Mm-hmm. You see my wrestling getting a little better as well. So, yeah. you know, I think we really help each other. Tatiana, yeah. come here. The way you get, I saw you guys drilling and um, in the gym and watching guys drill. It was like some high level drilling with like people that care about each other. It was super inspirational for me to watch. I loved like, not only was it like, it was, like I, I hate to say cute, but it was cute to watch you guys train. But not only that, dude, it's high level. It wasn't like no bullshit like training. It was, it was awesome to watch. And dude, she's like lifting you like you're nothing. It was yeah, crazy yeah. to see. Oh, you want to say hi in the podcast while we're at it too? Hello. Come here, baby. Like here she is. Come here. Yeah. It's the champ here. The champ coming up. Good to see you again. How are you? <laughs> good, good to see you guys. We're just talking how you're the power couple of the MMA world. Oh wow! Yeah, she loves it, man. You know, she's um, you know, she's training hard, like I said, and uh, we're trying, like you said, um, when we drill, we try to, I try to take care of her. You know, obviously, I'm a little bigger than her. Um, I fight 35, she fights 15s. So, um, but she knows how to wrestle. She's been fighting her whole. I mean, she's been wrestling her whole life, especially with like. You know, wrestling with the boys on the team, so like it's easy for us to drill, especially wrestling. And then we're both hybrids, so we can transition to jujitsu real well and um, kind of help each other out. And we're always, you know, training partners. Like, kind of when we're in Buffalo, we're going to the aquatic center, kind of holding pads for each other, shit like that. Like, when you have that, it's easy to do because you know I did it for so many years without having that. So, you know, to have yeah. to, that makes my life so much easier, and uh, it helps me out. Um, in all aspects of the game, you know. Yeah, it's great to watch you guys too. Uh, it's such high level shit. Like, it, it's nice to see two like elite grapplers grapple. Just watching it, even though like you're a man and woman, like watching guys grapple is um, it, it's like art. It's it's great to see. Like for someone that like you don't see a high level training like that all the time, and it's cool because yeah, you're like no. correcting each other while you're doing it too. It's not. It was not like some bullshit. Like ah, oh, let's just get a workout, and it's like it's real detail oriented too. Yeah, that's how you got to be at the highest level, man, you know? Like I said, I'm one of the best grapplers in all of MMA right now. Like, um, I'm the one of the highest level black belts, you know, in all of the sport. Like, I believe me, I submit some of the best guys. Like, I I don't train. I train with Mikey Misumichi, you know? I'm not just mm-hmm. training. I'm a training partner against him, like, you know? Like, I roll with yeah. I can roll against him. Not, I'm not just, like, you know, where he's working with you, you know? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a threat, bro. I'm a threat to everybody. So it's like... uh being able to um, be at that level is like, I guess, you know, just like you said, it's like, it's an art. And then like, we try to like help each other out as we try to help like everyone else out. Like that's, I think that's what I think is like a good thing with jujitsu and like wrestling and like being able to grapple so much is like being able to go, like I still train in all these different rooms just as I was when I was a beginner. And I still train with guys like, like in 10th planet, I'll train with guys that are just like, new to this shit that are wrestlers or like you know just yeah. i train with 
everybody. And I don't like viciously tap them out either. Like I work with people, you know, I don't try to like, I dominate, don't get me wrong. I dominate positions too positionally, but I don't ever try to like, you know, like I don't ever try to be like malicious or fucking roll with malice. Like I have an, e I like, you kind of check your ego. Fuck when you, um, I feel like I'm like a fucking multiple degree black belt at this point. So like you kind of learn how to check your ego a few belts ago, you know? Yeah, I've I've trained with you for a really long time. I've never rolled anyone better than you ever. And like I've, I've trained outside of Buffalo, you know what I mean? Like I've trained with some good people, but no one's been better than you. And you're probably the lightest guy to train. Like Cyborg is like so much bigger than you. And like I feel like you just smash them. Yeah, there's good guys though, man. Don't get me wrong. They're fucking yeah. super guys and everyone's good at doing their own stuff like jujitsu is such a different evolving sport like mikey's so good at heel hooks uh, whereas i'm real good on the back whereas mika galvao is good at like i love his game bro motherfuckers nasty in the front headlock to the back game all that if you get a chance like you know if people listen to this get a chance to take two things from it take like training habits consistency and then take like maybe some names that i'm dropping and go watch them you know because um that's how i got my grappling or like you know, started watching guys and watching a lot of John Danaher stuff, you know. He breaks things down to where I think I could understand them well. So, like, I learned a lot of jujitsu just watching it, you know. Yeah, I have almost all the stuff right over here on my uh, hard drive here. So, yeah, so I, really good for teaching, too. Like, it, he breaks it down so he can explain it. He uses nice, cool, smart people words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, It's good. He breaks it down to where you need to, like – where you can comprehend it and you can understand it. And I think that's important for like jujitsu. And then, you know, I'm already high level, good black belt, but I train like I'm new to it. So like when I learn stuff in those details, like I think Mikey showed me something last week, like from arm bars and stuff. And it was nasty. Like I'm going to be arm barring everyone now. I did not know. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just saying like little things like that. I could learn from anybody and not just him. Like I learned from like, there's this one blue belt that's like Brady. He's fucking from, oh, he's probably a purple belt now. He's from 10th Planet. But this little dude's nasty. Like, he gives me a hard ass to go now. I used to kick his little ass. Now he's giving, now he's giving me, you know, these hard ass rounds. And I'm like, you know, I got to be on my A game. But I'm like, he got me, he caught me in some position the other day. I'm just thinking, like, I could learn from this kid, you know? I could learn yeah. from any. So, like, I think that's like a good mindset to have. And, like, you know, it's important to have when you talk about jujitsu. It is, man. It's so important. And I think that's a, a great uh, time for us to get out of here. And uh, I'll let you go. And so thank you so much, hometown hero from the 716 world champion, million dollar mix. Man, we need, I don't know how many more accolades we can put on top of you, but you're going to get every one of them that we can get. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you to you guys. Um, obviously, Cape Man's Corner, um, everybody back home, my coaches, you know, uh, Don Lilly, uh, Dennis Brown, you know, those are my guys back home. But then also WNYMMA, Dubs, you know, Herbert, you know, all those guys. Um, Herbert's got a cool little school down the street, too, now. So it's yeah. like Lumber City. I just had shout out to cross training on Friday. Yeah, shout out to you guys. You know, um, you know, you got uh. I mean, how many schools are there out there now? If you think about it, you know, there's Man, so there's many. You got Integrity, you got Lumber City, you got WNYMMA, you got Buma, uh -huh. you got Buffalo so many. Combat. You know, Lake Effect. Combat, Lake Effect, you got um, the Flores South. Brothers. Yeah, South Towns Takeover. Yeah, I don't want to say any more because I might leave one out and then I'll fuck it up. <laughs>
but no, I'm I'm happy to see you know Herbert's uh, other gym doing his thing. Um, happy w, WNY MMA Dubs, you know them guys. They're still holding it down, doing their stuff. So, you know, big shout out, big love to you know all the local martial arts. You know, when I get home, I can't wait to uh, mix it up with some guys. You know, train, and um, you know, big shout out to all my sponsors and um, you know my big sponsor Monster. That's my big shout out. I changed my energy drink because you guys support Pat, so I'm now drinking yeah. these monsters. Yeah, I really don't, don't um, I don't indulge, but you know they are the yeah. best ship in the game. So, big shout out to them, and um, you know, it's everybody, all this, all the love from and support from the city of Buffalo. All right, and then thank you, JCR Transport, for sponsoring K-Man's Corner. Thank you, Integrity Martial Arts, for sponsoring K-Man's Corner. And with that, we are out of here. Thank you guys so much.